Welcome back to the podcast this week and it is our last episode of the No Ordinary Father series and today we're speaking about God being our greatest pleasure and how we find joy in Him. The previous two weeks we spoke about Him being our Father and being our friend and through that He gives us the greatest joy that we can ever find. I hope that you are blessed by this joy today. Who of you grew up in church? Not this church, in church. Any church, you've been in church your whole life. Since you can remember, you've been in church. Okay, so you've heard all the stories pretty much that there is to preach. You know about the things that happened in the Bible. You know about Jesus dying and rising again. You know about all the little stories, David and Solomon and Saul and all those things. And you can say you've pretty much heard it all, right? And I can preach about things and you'll be like, oh yeah, I remember this story from Sunday school. But... There's a difference between hearing and knowing. There's a difference between hearing and knowing. Hearing is good. We listen to messages each week, and we hear music almost every day. We hear it, right? You sit here, and you hear what I'm saying. But I think we can agree that hearing something doesn't mean you know something. You understand what I mean? Hearing something doesn't mean you know something. Now, I've heard a piano being played really well thousands of times. I've played with pianists a lot of times. But I can't play the piano that well. I won't call myself a professional pianist because I've heard it so much. Because I can't play it that well. I can't play it that well just from hearing. I need to go and practice. I need to know the instrument. Okay, in the same way, if we just hear about God on a Sunday and only hear the stories of God and we never really truly get to know God, then we won't ever really get to know the fullness of God. Okay? So you're with me. If you don't know God, you won't know the fullness of God. So let's go to Psalm 16 verse 11. And Jesus, well, God says this, or well, David wrote this, actually. And he says, you make known to me the path of life. In your presence, there is fullness of joy. At your right hand are pleasures forevermore. Jesus is the only one that knows what the full pleasure of God is. Why? Because he is seated at the right hand of God. Jesus is the only one that knows what it fully means to be in the presence of God. Because he is right next to God. So that brings us to our title today, which is God is our greatest pleasure. And as we've spoken now, we've gone from knowing God as our dad and God as our friend. And now we're going to see how God is truly our fullness of joy and life. So, there are three steps, only three, to living in the joy that God is and has for you. So, the first step is chasing. Chasing. First, we need to stop chasing and start chasing. And that sounds confusing. We need to stop chasing and start chasing. What do we stop chasing? What do we stop chasing? We stop chasing the parties. 
We stop chasing the alcohol. We stop chasing the relationships, the popularity, the drugs. We stop chasing the worldly things. That is what we stop chasing. Because all of these things is fun while you're doing it. But it will never truly give you fullness of life and truly give you happiness. And this is nothing new. I've said it many times before to you. And you've probably heard other pastors say this to you before. And you've probably heard sermons on YouTube say this to you before. That you need to stop chasing the worldly things, right? It's something that we preach almost every Sunday. Is turn away from the world and turn to God. But we still forget it. It's something we hear so many times that we still forget it. We still don't get that these things can't give us fullness of joy. No matter how many times I've preached it, no matter how, no, no matter how many times you've heard it from other people, you still forget that these things that you are chasing is destroying you more than it is building you up. And that's step one. Step one in finding our fullness of joy is the realization that I need to stop chasing the world. It's that moment where you go, oh, okay, I need to stop this. I need to stop speaking to that person. I need to stop going out to that place. I need to stop going into these things. I need to stop going into relationships the whole time. It's that moment when you realize you need Jesus. That's called salvation, which is step two, salvation. What is salvation? Salvation in a nutshell is hearing God speak to you for the first time or someone speak, speaking to you about Jesus for the first time. Salvation is purely that realization that I need Jesus. It's that moment where you're on your knees and you say, I've got nothing left except for him. I need him. It's the moment when you stop chasing the things of the world and you get rid of those things. That is salvation. A lot of times I see people being saved and they, they cry in church and it's all tears and kumbaya after that and God is my savior and, and Jesus has saved me and my life is Jesus now. And then the next Friday they're out in the club again. Did, did you really get saved then when you didn't realize that is what you have to stop doing? So in the last few weeks, we've been calling you forward and we've been letting you raise your hand and, and saying, we're going to pray for you. But salvation is a choice that you make. It's not a prayer that I say. It's not something that someone is going to say to you. It's a choice that you make. To say that I am going to stop chasing. Because that is why we forget. We only hear that we need to stop. We don't actually stop. That moment when you decide, that's when you are saved. That's when your life starts turning around. And the sad part is, that salvation does fade away. We forget. We fall into temptation again. We think things will become easy when, you be, when you're saved. Who thought when they're saved things are going to be easy? I thought so. 
I thought, things, I thought life is going to be brilliant now. I'm saved. Jesus' joy and love is in me. I'm going to, I'm just, it's going to be good. Life will be good. Newsflash, not so good. Still tough. The fight does not become easier. Fight does not become easier. You become stronger. The fight doesn't become easier. You become stronger. But all it takes from us is one moment. One moment. It's not even one sermon. It's not even an hour in church. It's one moment. One second to realize that we need Jesus and to give our lives to Him. But, okay, that's cool. I've given my life to Jesus. Awesome. Some of you experience salvation or someone else's salvation and then a month or two later they're fading. A week or two later, that passion that they had after their saving dies down a little. Who's seen that before? Who's experienced that before? Where you're on the spiritual high after a camp or after church, and then by Wednesday, it's like, did it even happen? Was I even saved? I've seen so many teenagers go on, on youth camps, being saved, and a week later, that passion is gone. In that week, though, it's pumping. Like, that, they can't save enough people. <laughs> they can't tell enough people about Jesus. And then the next week comes and starts dying down a little. And after that, it just goes down and down and down. And I'm sure we've all seen that or maybe have experienced that. And why does that happen? Because surely when we are saved, things change, Right? My passion should stay there. I've been saved. Right? That's what we believe. The problem is that salvation isn't the fullness of joy. Salvation isn't the fullness of life. Salvation is not that passion that keeps on going. It's just the access to it. Salvation gives you access to that fullness of joy. It gives you access to the fullness of life, to the passion, to serving, to sharing, to testifying, to evangelize. It gives you access to that, but it is not that. It is not that. So even if you were saved at that camp, you still have the choice after that camp whether you are going to live in that fullness of joy, whether you are going to use that access to share it with others, whether you are going to use that access to the joy that God gives you and be happy and share that happiness with others. It is still your choice. Which brings us to step three. And this one is kind of a three-part thing. Step one was chasing. You need to stop chasing. Step two is you need to be saved and gain access to that joy, that fullness of life. And then step three is living in that fullness. Living in that fullness. And part one of how do we live in that fullness? Because so many people say, okay, I've been saved. A month later, okay, it's dying down. What's going on? Two months later, okay, I'm back where I was. What happened? I was saved. Come on. It's because we don't know how to live in the fullness of joy. So, let me teach you something today. The first way 
is through Jesus Himself. Through Jesus Himself. When I studied theology about two years ago, I started getting to read books and I read knowledge books and I was a, I was a knowledge junkie. I, would, I had so much knowledge in my mind. I could read some of the Greek passages. I could read some of the Hebrew passages. I could uh, memorize some of the alphabet of the Greek language, the biblical Greek. And I was listening to sermons 24-7, listening to podcasts about leadership and about how do I lead a church and how do I preach and all those things. And still I found myself feeling far away from God. Yet I knew so much about Him because I thought the more and more I get to learn about God, the more and more I know, the more I know what a specific word in Greek means in the Bible, the more I'll know God, right? No, (laughs) because even though I could tell you that this word means this and this and this Greek word comes from that word and that's why it's that word, I still felt empty. I still felt far away from God. Why? Because I was chasing the knowledge, not Him. I was looking to find joy in other people's joy. Let me say that again. I was looking to find joy in other people's joy. When all along, God had His own joy for me, personally. Remember last week I said God wants to be real with us? The same way He has a joy just for you. Just for you and just for you. God wants us not to piggyback on someone else's revelation. He doesn't want you every Sunday to sit here and just listen to me and my revelations and what happened in my life and how I found joy. He wants you to understand that you have your own revelation. You know why pastors don't last, they just copy messages? It's because they never have their own revelation. They just piggyback on someone else's. And they'll never truly be able to preach that message because they never got that revelation. And now I can truly and honestly say sometimes I do use other sermons to write these things, but purely as inspiration. I use maybe one or two lines that they used. Or maybe I use the topics that they used. But I go and I read and I find my own revelation. Otherwise, you would sit here Sunday after Sunday and it will feel like an empty message. Like a little talk that I just read. So God wants you to find your own revelation by Him. The first way of living in the fullness of joy of Jesus Christ is through Himself. Finding joy through Him, not through other people's joy. The second one, second way, is through sharing your joy with others. Okay, cool, you've been saved, right? Now you've got the first step down, you've been saved, you've stopped chasing, and now you've found your joy in Jesus Christ, you found that revelation. Okay, what now? Now share it with others. Don't keep it for yourself. If you want to experience the joy of God fully, then you need to go out and share it. Has any of you ever encountered a person that was filled with the joy of God and they came and spoke to you about it? Anybody? I've seen some people and I'm just like, whoa, calm down a bit. 
Just tone it down. You're a bit too excited. But that is what it looks like when the fullness of joy is in someone's heart. Share that joy that was given to you. It was given to you abundantly. Not just a little bit. He wants you to overflow with that joy. And you won't understand the joy that it gives you to see someone else get that joy until you've shared it. Who has shared the joy of God with someone and you see that person getting it on their face? That smile just changes. I've seen that before. The joy that you get from that is insane. Jesus wants us to not be selfish with His joy. He didn't die on a cross so that you can keep His joy for yourself. He wants us to be people that just walk into a room and immediately people know that guy, that girl is filled with Jesus Christ's joy. Have you ever seen a person that walks into a room and you're just like, that person has joy. I can see that person is happy. Danae, you someone like that. Danae walks into a room and you can immediately see, yep, joy of God. Joy of God in a person. All the way. And the third thing, third way, is through people. How this is a bit of a contradiction, isn't it? Because the first one I said, you need to find it in Jesus and not in people. But you have to go find it in the right people. So the third way is through people. If you've ever been part of a small group, then you'll know what I'm talking about. Anyone ever been part of a cool small group where you just find joy every single week going to that? Yeah. Having fun with your friends and experiencing Jesus with them is the most amazing thing. Who thought Christianity was boring? And then you joined a small group and you were like, I was wrong. Anybody? You thought Christianity was so boring, then you joined a small group and you're like, whoa, this is a whole new world. A whole new world. Sorry, I had to. (laughs) If you thought that Christianity is boring, then that's because your friends are boring. Ouch. Ouch. If you thought Christianity is boring, then your friends are boring, or you just haven't really experienced the right type of small group at your church. Because they help you make Christianity fun. Going to McDonald's on a Friday night with a bunch of teenagers is the most fun I've ever had. Scary. (laughs) Scary, to be honest, but fun. Going to Unisi on a Thursday night to lead that small group and seeing how they gain the joy of Jesus Christ through that, that's a lot of fun. They're also a bit scary, but, you know, we deal with that. (laughs) And next term, there's a fun thing happening at church where we're going to kick off with a new series called Good Culture, which will also bring some changes to our church structure here in youth. And it's going to be awesome. You're really going to love it. So look forward to next time. I'm not going to say anything about it now. But I want you to really get these three ways of living in the joy of Christ. First one, get it through Jesus himself. Find your own revelation. It's fine if you listen to a sermon. 
It's fine if you go and see how someone else found joy, but you have to find it for yourself, otherwise it will just fade again. Secondly, no, I forgot my second one. Where is it? Through sharing it. You guys are supposed to listen and help me. Through sharing it with others. Once you've found that joy, go and share that joy. If you won, what would you like to win right now? Okay, you just won the lottery, okay? You just won the lottery. Are you just going to keep it to yourself? Just be like... No, you're going to be like, yes, I won the lottery, everybody. Everybody here, I've won the lottery. Let me buy you a car. I'm going to buy you a car. You go, oh, Oprah, you're getting a car. You're getting a car. You're getting, everybody's getting a car. But the, the point is you're going to tell people about it when you're happy, right? If you go into a new relationship, the first people to know is Instagram. <laughs> then Facebook. And then your family. Oh, WhatsApp first, no, sorry. WhatsApp comes first, then Instagram. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because why? It brings you joy. You're excited about it, so you want to share that excitement, right? And the third one is through people. A small group, a leader. Next term you're going to see, we're going to discover that a little. I want you to understand this because, like I said, salvation only gives us access. It's cool if you put your hand up the previous two weeks. Nothing wrong with that. I'm glad you did and that we prayed for you. And if you got something from that, that's good. But if you didn't decide to live in the joy of Jesus, then in three weeks you're going to have to put your hand up again because again you're going to feel like you need Him. And you're going to continue to need Him even if you live in joy. But it's not going to be a desperate need. It's not going to be a need where this is my last resort, Jesus come save me. It's going to be, be a need of, I need you because you give me joy. You give me life. If you don't live in the joy, then you lose the joy. Say that to the person next to you. If you don't live in the joy, you lose the joy. You need to constantly seek the joy of God and He will be your greatest pleasure. He will be your friend. He will be your father. Matthew 11 verse 28 to 30 says this. This is Jesus speaking. He says, Are you tired, worn out, burned out on religion? Come to me, get away with me, and you'll recover your life. I'll show you how to take a real rest. Walk with me and work with me. Watch how I do it. Learn the unforced rhythms of grace. I won't lay anything heavy or ill-fitting on you. Keep company with me, and you'll learn to live freely and lightly. How beautiful is that? Keep company with me and you'll learn to live freely and lightly. Why is this so important? Why am I preaching this even? 
You've heard these stories before. You've heard that you need to find joy in Christ. Well, the thing is, sometimes when we're in high school, we, we are in a bunch of emotion and we get saved, which is good, and then we lose it. And we get saved again and then we lose it. And we get joy again and we lose it. But God wants you to already start to chase Him now. Not reach a point 10 years later where I am and then you think, what did I do with those 10 years? Where have I gone wrong? Why didn't I realize earlier that I need to seek Jesus and Jesus only? He wants you now to find joy early on so that you'd never get to that point where you think, what have I done with my life? So that when teenagers come to you, when you are out of school, you can say, you know what, this is how you find joy in Christ. Let me help you not make the mistakes I made. Let me help you. Let me guide you into this. You guys that are leaders right now, that are recruited as leaders, in two years' time, three years' time from now, you're going to be the ones leading the new grade eights coming in. Quickly let that sink into your mind. Jade, when you were grade 8, I was matric. I was in my final year of school. That's when I met Jade. You see how things grow? In that year, I was definitely far from a pastor. <laughs> I was definitely far from a pastor, but you see, I've grown into this leader and I've become the person that leads those that were young at that stage, and those that came after. And she's going to be a leader of the next ones. And the next one is going to be, be a leader of the next one. You know what's the problem with our generation? Is those who taught us. Because we've been taught wrong, and that's what we're trying to change here. It's so that it doesn't go on to the next generation, which is already set in here. Who here is below 15? Yes. Age. You're already the next generation. How scary is that? You're already the next generation. And guess what? The next generation after you and the one after that has already been born. The ones that you have to lead into the joy of Christ. So do you understand how important this is? Because so many people think this is a joke. So many people don't take this serious and they just say, no, I just need to get saved. Then they just go on with their life. I want you to understand that you need to live in that joy. Do you know why your life is so much more difficult than others? Because you're not living in the joy of Christ. Is it going to be easy when you do? No. It will be easier. Yeah. When you go through struggles not with the joy of Christ, it feels like your life is falling apart. But when you understand that the joy of Christ is in you, you go through that problem with the mindset of, this is happening for a reason, and God will show me why. He's trying to teach me something in this, and He's going to get me through this. Remember what I read to you last week, 
what Jesus said to his disciples when he sent them out. He said, I will be with you. Emmanuel, God with us. So I want you to close your eyes for a moment. I want you to close your eyes for a moment. You can put the lights off for me. Forget about your friend next to you. Forget about what, what's happening this week. Forget about what happened last week. I just want to ask you a question or two. If you are one of the bit older kids, maybe you're grade 10, maybe grade 11, 12, maybe you're a student. Maybe you forgot a little what it is to live in the joy that Christ has for you. I want you to, if you feel like you were there, but you've forgotten a little, I want you to put up your hand and we're going to pray for you. No one looking around. Awesome. And then I want to ask you if you feel like you still need to find that joy. You still need to realize that your salvation was only access to joy. I want you to raise your hand. Awesome. So we're going to pray for you. Holy Spirit, you see these hands, you see these people. You know what they are facing and you know what they are going to face. And so, Lord, I ask that you will be with them. That you will guide them into your fullness of joy. That they will know you fully. Lord, I ask that you will come and abundantly bless them with joy and with peace. That it will be so much for them that it will actually be too much to handle, that they will have to give some of that joy to the people around them. Lord, I pray that you see these young people who are going to become leaders of the next generation, that you will bless them now already with the guidance and with the strength of your Spirit, that they will lead these people into your joy. Lord, I pray for those who maybe have lost it along the way. Maybe they had it at some time, but they lost it. Lord, I pray that you will bless them once again and that you will tell them that they are still your child. Lord, that you have not forgotten about them, but that you are waiting for them with open arms like the father waited for the prodigal son to return. You are waiting for them. All they need to do is turn and run back to you. Lord, I ask that overwhelming joy will fall over this church. 
that every person right now will just feel your abundance of joy in their life. Where things are hard, where things are seeming like it will never end, Lord, I've asked that your joy will overcome every struggle in this church right now. Lord, I pray that your Holy Spirit will guide us and will give us supernatural joy in every single situation that we find ourselves in. That you will bless us as our Father and as our friend. In Jesus Christ's name, Amen. And that's it for the No Ordinary Father series. I hope that God has blessed you in these three weeks by being your father, being your friend, and giving you the ultimate joy that you can ever get. May you go from this week and experience the joy that God has given for you.